it to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Geminis, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Easy Yoga podcast, all things yoga, well-being and relationships. And today I have a wonderful guest with me, John Kenny. He has founded the Relationship Guide Coaching and helps single professional women build a partnership where they will achieve fulfilling results within their relationships. And he started the Interpersonal Relationship Coaching, which is a fusion of coaching, counselling, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. He's also a podcast host and an author. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Hello, Gemma. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. That's all right. Thank you. So yes, what do you do? How do you help your clients? And <laughs> why did you get into all of this? <laughs> um, so I help people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Um, I've been in the relationship coaching field now for about five years. Previous to that, I was a therapist. I was a counsellor. Um, so I did relationship counselling, um, therapy and things like that. So um, I realised that kind of with the, with the coaching side of thing, I was, I was, it was better to help people to move on than it was to sit in the problems. Yeah. So that's when I kind of decided to just go out and do coaching on its own. Um, I got into coaching originally because I had a coach and uh, I'd had therapy before and worked as a therapist. And then this coach I saw and they said, um, you're helping all these people with your sort of uh with their lives why is yours still a shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not what yeah and I was like, oh, that's focusing on number person. one <laughs> yeah so, so she helped me to see that she that I was I was living the same story and over, over and over again and wasn't changing anything even though I was very aware of how I was right so that's kind of why I got into coaching in the first place and then uh, the interpersonal relationship coaching sort of came around in 2016. And I thought, so I've got this background in coaching. I've got a background in counselling. I was a qualified hypnotherapist. I'm an NLP practitioner. And I thought, well, I'm going to fuse all those together, take the best bits um, to help people to overcome their blocks in life, uh, especially around relationships. Yeah. And then I started to focus on people that were stuck in um, unhealthy toxic relationship spaces because my own relationship history was very checkered okay. I was always finding myself in um, difficult relationships recognizing why I was doing that was a massively life-changing experience for me yeah and then managing unhealthy relationships became something that I became very good at to yeah. keep myself in an emotionally healthy space so that's why I started to help people with, with the coaching and then at the end of the first lockdown in March 2020, wow, that's gone by, isn't it? I know. Um, I, still, I still have to think about it. I thought about that yesterday. That's really flown by. <laughs> uh, the relationship guy was kind of born from that, really, because I was speaking to a lot of people were saying, like, do you help people to understand why they've never found the right person before? Yeah. Because I've been on my own for three months 
during the first lockdown. And I don't understand why I'm still single, why I've never found the right person. So I started then to focus a lot more on actually, this is a really good space for me personally, but actually it's a really good space for people. So if I can help people to avoid getting into uh, unhealthy relationships in the first place, then surely that's better than trying to help them to manage them when they get there. Yeah. So um, that's where I started to focus then on then working with people to create healthy intimate relationships rather than manage them in a, in a better yeah. way. Yeah, that's really good. That sounds really, really good. Because I was the same, like I struggled, my husband and I've been together 21 years and we struggled, well, stress-wise, we were struggling in 2006. And then I just decided, right, we need to go away. We need to go on a world trip, backpacking trip. And we did, and we kind of connected back then. Uh, and now, and yeah, and then went on to, yeah, be married and all that lot. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you find specific... I don't know. I suppose everybody is different, but do you have, do you focus on the same things? Well, people will come to you with different things, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, do you find that there's a pattern? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is there so a pattern when, of things? Yeah. So there's there's five fundamental things that generally I look at with my clients to help them to understand the space that they're in, um, how they've got there. So we look at um, their relationship beliefs, which are very important because beliefs drive most things that we do yeah. um, whether the relationship beliefs or other beliefs that we have um, they're very subconsciously driven um, so I look at their beliefs I look at the patterns that are formed throughout their relationships uh, their attachment style so how they learn to attach as children emotionally yeah um, I look at um, things that they may may or may not know what they want from people so yeah. how they are with their kind of within themselves about uh what they actually want from a relationship it's something that we don't really consider when we start dating people we look for similarities but we don't really think about the fundamental things that you know draw us towards somebody and whether yeah. that's going to be something that's going to be uh have longevity within a relationship um we look at the relationship with ourselves. so um, yeah it's the most important relationship you're ever going to have because it actually will drive everything that happens in you. <laughs> yes. Um, so we look at how you how you see yourself, the kind of self-language you use, which is where the NLP sort of stuff comes in. Yeah. That self-talk, that kind of relationship you have with you, what you're deserving of. So actually, you know, when you get a relationship, do you feel that you can keep hold of it? Is is Are you worthy of having a relationship? Yes. Um, and then we look at kind of commitment. So it's how do you connect to people? And are you, a, are you what does connection mean to you? Does it stop yeah. you from giving yourself to somebody because of maybe what you're holding back, what might you might be fearful of, what you're not comfortable with? Okay. Um, we look at all that kind of what, what your brain's doing to keep you safe emotionally. So you know, what, what is it doing to help you to avoid relationships? What kind of problems do you do you look for your attraction styles, your attraction patterns? There's so many things that might yeah. be going on. Yeah. Uh, and by talking to people, I can figure out then what might be going on for them. And we have a conversation around kind of the importance, you know, which one's the most important, which one sort of stands out the most. Yeah. It might be leading them to attract um, or not attract the right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that most of it has become or has come from childhood experiences or like teenage, I don't know, teenage crushes and things like that? Or is it more yeah. 
adult yeah. piece? Um, it's hardly ever adult stuff. Yeah. Adult stuff is usually a lead on from early experiences, mm. unless there's been something very traumatic. Uh, so I was talking to somebody the other day and they came for their first session and we were talking about um, this relationship that they had. I mean, they're, they're 30 now um, and they had this relationship. They were 20 and it was devastating and they were treated really badly and this other person was cheating on them a lot. And they put all of their, their relationship issues in the last 10 years down to this one experience. Right, okay. But talking to them about their childhood just to kind of check in to see whether, oh, yeah, amazing childhood, this was great, don't have any fighting about. And then we got talking about their childhood and then there was all these things that started to come up about they never spent any time with a mum, they were always with a childminder. Oh, okay. Dad worked all the time and then their parents split up when they were, when they were nine and they didn't see their dad for a few years. And, right. Um, and they've got this idea that their childhood was great, so it can't okay. be their childhood. It must be this one relationship. And then after speaking for a little while, it was then kind of, so did you get into this relationship when you were 20 because of your childhood experience? Yeah. Because you were kind of reliving that. Now, this person showed you loads and loads of love and affection at the start. You just wanted really to be with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So it turned out that this really devastating relationship they had when they were 20 that left them kind of heartbroken for two years afterwards. Yeah. They chose to be in that relationship because they'd never really experienced the love and affection as a child. So there's generally a connection. And then, you know, as you get older, you relive those type of experiences over and over and over again. Yeah. And then when they become kind of ingrained in you and, and, and they're really difficult kind of patterns and cycles. To break. Yeah, yeah. And this person had avoided relationships for seven or eight years because they didn't want to experience the pain that they had in their first relationship. But actually, they were reliving the pain that they experienced when they were very young. Yeah, that's so, amazing how it comes out so far later, yeah. so many years later. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, amazing. I was doing this up until I was like 40 something. You yeah. know, I hadn't realized my relationship patterns and where they, I knew that I'd had a difficult childhood. And I knew I'd, and there were lots of things I was carrying from that. Yeah. But I never realized until I was in my early 40s that actually all of this was all tied to yeah that space and then um <laughs> I, I came to the when I wrote my book I kind of came to the conclusion that I'd spent my whole life dating my dad and married my mum <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I've been kind of choosing people that came from kind of an anxious background that massively insecure mm-hmm. uh, and they express that in a kind of needy clingy kind of destructive chaotic way and that was kind of the relationship I had with my dad growing up so I dated all of those people kind of re-engaging with that with my father right okay and then when I thought I'd got on top of it all and got married I'd realized that actually what I'd done I'd I'd swapped one difficult kind of space for the next so my mum was different she's kind she was a bit like I was so she's avoidant so she doesn't really show much love and affection she's kind of very much in her own little world all the time and that's the kind of person I ended up marrying yeah but not realizing that it was still not the right person for me because I thought it was different from what I'd always experienced I must have made I must have done the changing now I must have got myself into a really healthy space to meet this person but what I'd done is I just swapped one kind of maladaptive relationship for another (laughs) (laughs) And it was only kind of when I sat and wrote my book that I thought, oh, I know what yeah. I've done. 
Um, it's really interesting actually it is how how yeah you pick things that you think well you know because you don't know anything different from mm. a child or from being a child but until you actually look at back at it you don't really realize it do you like when you're writing a book it's yeah, yeah. you don't even see it see it in no. that light no because the writing the book there was like six months of so the first half of the book is a, is about me basically and it and it ties into the second half of the book which is like a coaching program but it kind of gives examples throughout the first half of the book of, of how you get affected by certain things, why you choose to do certain things in your life and how you see yourself. Yeah. And that six months of kind of intense self-reflection really kind of made me think, wow, this is amazing. I mean, I, I've never really yeah. put that together. I've never really put that together. I mean, but, it, you know, so going through that book was massively therapeutic, even though I'd spent yeah. Two years yeah. in therapy and quite a lot of time in coaching. It was actually you know, doing that self thinking, oh, I can make all making all these connections. I can completely understand yeah. why my life has gone the way it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And do you find do you find that you talk to your clients about sex and things like that, that it comes into it because sex is a big part of a relationship. But yeah. if you might have been sexually abused or something, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, do you find that as well? That again, it's come from childhood or teenage? Yeah, yeah. Early, I mean, so attachment, but attachment style has a, could have a massive impact on sex. Yeah. Uh, the kind of sexual relationships you have, how you seek sex, how you disconnect, reconnect with sex. I mean, you you know, some people that are avoidant um, uh, have avoidant kind of styles. They will have sex as a as an emotional outlet. Yeah, but they won't connect through with through sex because then that becomes too much, too deep, and then too yeah. much of it. So they'll yeah. avoid it. Where other people will just have casual sexual relationships again because they're trying to avoid a deeper connection. Yeah, other people will confuse sex with love, so therefore, being having sex is about you're connected with love. I think yeah. how we how we learn to have sex, I think as well. You know, when we first lose our virginity and start having sexual experiences, yeah, can also inform as we get older our connections through sex. Yeah, like we said, sexual abuse there's so many different things that can influence that and yeah i mean i did do a psycho psychosexual therapy okay training um, yeah. many years ago many years ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 15, uh, yeah, maybe about 12 or 13 years ago i did a psycho yeah. because it's very you know to do couples therapy i think when sex is brought into the equation there can be quite a few issues that it it, it brings up yeah yeah and yeah, there are there are and can be many different reasons why people might struggle on that space. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We as a family are really open in what we talk about, and my children are seven and four, and Hugo, he's seven, he knows exactly what it's all about, and I think it's good in a way to teach children like that. Well, I don't know what they get taught at school because we're not there, but yeah, yeah I think having having like a good relationship with with talking about sex or being open will then put them in a better stead for when they're older i don't know i don't know what he's going to turn out like but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he'll be all right but yeah so many people have body image issues and like we're quite happy to get undressed in the bedroom walk to the bathroom naked to have a shower and the kids are around and it's it's fine i've always done yeah. that and at home with my parents as well we did so I suppose from that, I've never really had a body image issue, but 
a lot of my clients that I work with do. And they'd be like, how can you be naked in your own house with your kids around? Well, I don't care, but I'm happy with my body. And I think that then comes into relationships as well, that you have to be under the covers or yeah, you're, you're not happy to be your, to, for your partner to see you naked or yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've worked with people and in the past I've actually had relationships where, you know, I've, I've had sex with people and they won't have sex with the lights on at all. Yeah. they've got to be in this position they've got to be this <laughs> yeah so self-conscious yes uh, that's the word yeah so self-conscious that you know it's it's just something they're not comfortable with yeah um and yeah you're right you know i think again this it's, it's, it's it, everybody's perception is different yes yeah. um, but uh, my parents used to walk around naked as well you know when i was a lot younger um, yeah. but then my parents separated and so my stepmom didn't uh, but my dad still did so my dad still made it very okay yeah. for us to walk around naked and I've never had a problem yeah, yeah. with that either. even though I have had body issues and self-confidence issues it's not something I've ever you know I've never worried about getting naked in front of people because it's yeah. um but yeah I mean there are so many things which can influence our ability to feel comfortable within ourselves um and that will manifest in, in many many different ways depending on the meaning i think is the very important thing yes the meaning we give to certain situations because if we don't give a meaning to something we don't, we don't care about it yeah so we need to figure out a lot of the time what what do our thoughts mean so when we're thinking about something if we don't give a meaning to it we don't really care so that we don't have an emotional response yeah and it's it's then figuring out okay if i'm having an emotional response to this i must be giving this some meaning i need to figure out what that meaning is yeah um, if we can figure out what that meaning is then we can start to shift the meaning and start to work on the things which are kind of undermining us yeah yeah that really yeah that's really true i never kind of thought of it like that but it, it is it definitely is and i read somewhere the other day that there are which i should know this anyway but i didn't um that there's kind of four stages to a relationship do you kind of say that as well like so you get i don't know the early stages of naught to six months where you're really wanting to be with them all the time and then you get to another one which then is like down the or a year down the line and love your love changes for each other and then like me and my husband yeah 21 yeah. years together married 11 years and yeah we just I don't know yeah we just no, have I a think... different different relationship different love to what yeah. we had when we were first together of course things will always they're always in flux as far as relationships are concerned and you will change. I mean, the the hormonal thing that we get at the start, the kind of in love feeling, that can range anywhere from sort of six months to three years or so. I think like the seven-year itch, it's even up to sort of seven years before your brain completely switches off those types of chemical reactions and, and yeah. therefore you then find, you know, that's why they, they say the seven-year itch. That's why people do have a tendency to struggle when they come out of that kind of honeymoon phase and there's no more hormones. You don't want any more kids or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and your brain chemistry is different then. So you see someone in a different way because you're not getting the same hormones released. Yeah, okay. If you've got a strong enough relationship with somebody at that point and the relationship has developed and progressed and you've moved into that different phase of, you know, love rather than in love stuff, um, then you will find the relationship can generally be quite successful. Again, yeah. everybody's different. You know, we get drawn together for certain reasons. Um, so like with 
with different types of attachment, you'll be attracted to somebody based on your attachment style. Yeah. So again, you might be really into someone for a year or so because they play into your attachment style. Okay. And then if they no longer then play into your attachment style after a year or so, or your attachment style, then your problems because of your attachment style then get triggered after a year or so, you're going to a completely different space. So there yeah. are many things that can uh, influence the success and um, the, I wouldn't say failure, I don't like to think of relationships as failing, washing machines fail. Relationships, <laughs> yeah. relationships just don't work because yes. they're far, the complexities of a relationship, you know, yeah. say it's a, a failure is far too simplistic. Yeah. Uh, there are far too many things at play for a relationship to fail. But, you know, we are human beings and we're very complex and, and things will shift within us and dynamics will change and now yeah. change and our thoughts change and everything is in constant flux. So, yeah just about whether you've built up enough of a strong foundation within that relationship to whether it's likely to be a success or not yeah but getting it right from the start you know understanding where you are how you are what you want where you really yeah. want to go what kind of person you want to be with from the start will then have a massive impact on how successful it will be moving forward. yeah yeah i so I am so excited to announce that I am now an affiliate of Gravity Life and this is an incredible company who have an award-winning two-piece massage device called Posture Key and this uses your own body weight to provide pain relief and realign your spine's natural curvature so give the power back to your body and all being a yogi I'm all into this all over this so Posture Key improves our posture in the most natural way by allowing the body to fix and readjust itself rather than using brute force and harsh manipulation they believe that we should let our bodies do the work for us whilst we unwind and relax and why not so head over to the website now which is gravitylife.com and use the code easy yoga at the checkout to get 15 pounds off your first order with free shipping so that's gravitylife.com and go and check it out because it is the most incredible product you will ever find it is really really good so go and get your 15 pounds off using easy yoga at the checkout and I will speak to you soon. What are your thoughts on the dating apps and things? I <laughs> never went on them <laughs> at all. But I suppose, yeah, it's like different. It is so different now, especially with COVID as well. Yeah. It's really difficult yeah. to find someone on there that you actually like and instead, that's what my brother found actually. He was dating, well, they've been together now two years, but before then he used to hate dating apps because it would be the same questions all of the time and they would just get really boring and then you'd go out for i don't know you'd go out for a couple of dates and it would still be the same questions mm. and then he did find this this girl called claire she's lovely uh and now they're getting engaged actually or they how they are engaged but yeah it must take a while to i suppose again that's more attachment issues or not issues it's more attachment as to what are you wanting in your relationship? What do you want from it? But then also, are you trying to find someone that will fit that that page? Yeah, and if you, if you know, and if you're on the wrong page, then you're going to keep finding the wrong people. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think apps are they serve a purpose, and I think, like you said, there have been some successes from there. But I think, unlike um, when I did online dating many years ago. You actually had to 
get to know someone a little bit before you, you know, yes. they have to read your profile. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was uh, information about you first that, you know, and then you'd get to know each other a little bit and then you maybe go on a date. I think this, yeah. I think apps can be very destructive. Um, yes. And I think statistically, I think from what I was reading, they were saying that around about 10% of women get positive it can, can make connections on and for men it's like much much smaller percentage okay. uh, amount that and but because you are swiping just really a picture of somebody yeah you don't uh, know them you don't yeah know anything about them so i guess you're going to keep asking the same questions over and over again aren't you because yeah you don't know anything about that person and you're just trying to clarify whether you're compatible or not whether they yeah you know, you know, and so you're going to keep asking the same questions like an interview, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you the right person? Do you meet my criteria? <laughs> um, but it is so destructive and demoralising in lots of ways as well. Um, and quite, I think, quite free and easy and quite casual. Yeah. Um, and then if you're looking for a relationship rather than just to go on some dates with people, I think it's the wrong space. Yeah. Um, if you're just looking to maybe date a few people and just get out into the world and start socializing a bit more and just get out to meet people, find your feet, get some confidence of dating and stuff. But, you know, I know, I know with dating apps, there's so much, um, people are so demoralized. Yeah. So, so rejected. There's so much of that goes on because a lot of people that are on those sites are not there for relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Relationships or just, sex or they're just on there to yeah. see who's out there yeah um, so it can be very damaging to self-confidence and self-worth as well um, yeah so i guess it's choosing what's the right thing for you if yeah. you're just if you're happy just to swipe right and go on a few dates with people and don't care whether people reply to you or not it's not going to affect you in any kind of way shape or form i think it's probably a good space for you to be on if you're actually seriously looking for a relationship with someone, I would say that they're probably not the best place. Yeah, yeah. And that the same with social media, it brings you down because you see someone who you think, oh, wow, they're amazing or they look yeah. amazing. I don't look that amazing. I don't look that gorgeous. So you're immediately putting yourself down yeah. like normal social media does anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've had some stories of some of the women I've spoken to, they've gone on the apps and they've turned up and the photograph is nothing like the person yeah and then the guys have the chance to say you don't photograph well you know it's like <laughs> but you don't even look like that's a picture from like 20 years ago <laughs> yeah, and, then, and then they have the cheek to say that you that you don't photograph very well so you know it's a very if it's all done on if it's all done on looks it's not yeah at all you know yeah. when you meet someone you get into their energy you kind of get to feel that energy and, and know what they're like not yeah. just from a picture, uh, not just from a conversation on the phone or WhatsApp or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, uh, and until you actually kind of get into that space with someone, you're not really going to know how you feel to be in in their company. Yeah. So it's 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 something that, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it can work. Like you know, like you said, your brother's had some success from it. Yeah. Like, gone through a bit of a rigmarole to get there, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard work. <laughs> that's really always the case, isn't it? You know, you need to be frogs before you find the right person. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it depends on your own state of mind, your own emotional well-being, and your own sort of mental health state to whether they're a good thing or not.
Yeah. And do you work with, well, I suppose you don't really work with couples now, it's more single women, but when they have, when you have children, that then completely changes the whole dynamic again, because yeah, you're sleep deprived with a new baby or yeah, children just cause chaos. Yeah, <laughs> they do in our house. <laughs> make a relationship easy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. But I suppose, yeah, you, you then have another, I don't know, you go to a different step in your relationship because you've then got someone else to look after. It's not just about you two. There is someone else in the middle of you two yeah. and you have to find a new dynamic within the family dynamic as well as your personal relationship with each other. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, we will shift and, and, and that can cause quite a lot of problems depending on, again, the how that person is within themselves. Yeah. You know, it, how how much you really need the other person, you know, and, and kids can take away some of that time that you've got for each other or will take away some of that time you've got. For yeah. Um, and then that can have a detrimental impact depending on how strong you are within you. Yeah. And then obviously how strong you are within the relationship um whether you're there to be there for each other and support each other and um and again i think there's a something that people have attempted to do when they're kids as well yes they are your ultimate responsibility yeah but it's really important you don't lose sight of everything else in your life at the same time yeah yeah and do that they can become your entire focus yeah and you can lose sight of your relationship and, and you can lose sight of who you are yourself yeah that's a really important thing that people need to be mindful of yeah yeah don't just lose a sense of everything else because you've got a child yeah no matter how difficult <laughs> that much more time they do they do they do take up a, a lot of your they take up a lot yes yeah see yeah. i always i always am well i'm obviously mummy but i have my own identity as well i hate being called like brianna's mummy or hugo's mummy i am my own person as well but then also in our relationship we especially from i suppose i don't know when they were eight 12 weeks something like that we would always make sure every month we would go out for a date day or a date evening yeah. because then and then don't talk about the kids even though we probably still do talk <laughs> about a lot all the time but yeah. it's nice just to then just be you as a couple and not mummy and daddy anymore, mm-hmm. even just to, for like a couple of hours. But I yeah. think we, we've certainly got that down to a T now that we have to go out. We know we're going to get a babysitter and we're going to go out. The kids know that we're going out without them. And yeah, I think there's a good balance. But a lot of people don't. A lot of couples don't. And then I find that they then struggle because they then lose that sight of where they are in their own relationship. Yeah, definitely. And again, lose sight of yourself. I mean, you need to keep your own interests going at the same time as much as yeah. you possibly yeah. can. Um, you need to have, like you said, you've, you've kept a sense of yourself uh, amongst being a mum, being yeah. a partner, being everything else that you are. Yeah. Ultimately, you're still Gemma. Yeah. And you yeah. still see yourself as Gemma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which a lot of people don't do when they have kids. No. Again, some no. people don't do when they get into a relationship. They They kind of codependent in a way or they lose their sense of identity within a relationship yeah and it's really important again that shows that there's work to be done on that person yeah. if they use a relationship or a family to complete them rather than to complement who they are yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's good that you're able to like within yourself you see you have an identity you've kept your identity as Gemma, yes yeah but you know there are lots of different facets to who Gemma is yeah yeah 
actually, I was having a, a conversation with one of the mums. I don't know. It must have been a couple of years ago when when they were at nursery, and yeah, one one of them was, or it was, I don't know, it was a baby group or something. One of them had said, "Well, why do you want to go back to work?" why don't you want to be with your child? It's like, well, I do want to be with my child, but I also want my time right. and I love my job. So I want to go back to my job, but then they, they couldn't see that. Well, why are you leaving your child at nursery? I'm like, no, because it's me. I want me to be me again. And I think I've always had that strong thing of, yes, I am me and this is what I want. Whereas a lot of people don't. And I think then you get postnatal depression and things like that because you're just focusing on one thing you don't ever get out of whatever it is that situation which can be in relationships as well i suppose yeah. you always you you don't have your in a relationship you have your couple friends but then you don't then seem to have your other friends yeah. whereas i do and so does darren my husband but yeah. a lot of people don't and, and i think they struggle with that as well yeah yeah they try and integrate everything don't you yeah uh, rather than keeping keeping something separate and, and again, it again, depends how secure you are within yourself, whether that's an allowable thing too. You know, do you really want to be completely involved in the other person's life all of the time? Or have you got that independence within you that says it's okay for you to have separate interests and do separate yeah. things? Do you have to ingratiate them in everything that you do? Yeah. Uh, you know, and don't really want them out of your sight or to be separate from you at any time. Again, yeah. if you do, that's not, the, that's not a healthy, it's not healthy long term yeah it's okay to introduce them all to your friends at the start but you need to have that separate space and time yeah and separate hobbies and stuff yeah. as well yeah yeah separate interests yeah and what two things can people take away from this conversation today what would you say okay <laughs> um firstly i would say what i said saying earlier on which is that the your your relationship with yourself will determine all the other relationships you ever have and actually will always it will determine the direction of your life as well so um, definitely um, work on creating the healthiest relationship you can with you yeah and secondly um, one of the things that came up that seemed to make the most difference when I talk to people is that nothing is personal yes yeah that's a good one yeah so we take things personally quite easily and if we can step, stay up, step away from that, because everybody does something because it suits them, because it's about them, it's what they need to do. So if I'm a nice guy, it's because it meets a need within me to be nice. Yeah. If I'm not being a particularly nice guy, then it meets a need within me to not be nice. Yeah. But if I'm not nice to you, you're probably going to take it personally. If I am nice to you, you might take it personally. Depending on what <laughs> I'll <is>. win. <laughs> um, but actually, it's not about you at all. It's about me. Yeah. So it's important that when things are going on around us and people are behaving in certain ways, that before we take it personally, before we sort of start to think as if about me, because as we grow up, we're taught to be responsible for the feelings of other people, right? So you're told yeah. you're making me angry, you're upsetting me. Uh, and then we're given responsibility for feelings that we don't necessarily that we don't need to take on. Yes, you know, yeah. I'm not responsible for how you feel. You're responsible for how you feel. I feel an emotion because of something that's going on with me, but it might be because you're doing something that I don't like. Yeah. So it's okay for you to say I don't like that, rather than going, okay, is it okay for me to say that because I know I'm responsible for my own feelings? Because when I used to do my couples client work. 
um, maybe you'd use that as an excuse. <laughs> so I'd say, look, you know, you're not responsible for how the other person feels. They are, but actually you could. So sometimes they go, oh, John said, I'm not responsible for how you feel, so I can do what the hell I like. <laughs> not what I'm saying. What no. I'm saying we are as it's what goes on within us that creates our emotions so yeah yeah again we go the meaning we give to things will and our perception of things will will determine how we feel about them now that's up to us to decide how we feel about it but it doesn't mean that someone's not going to do something you're not going to like and it's okay for you then to say i don't like you doing that yeah (laughs) Uh, even even though they might say well i'm not responsible for how you feel um (laughs) they are responsible for their behavior and if you don't like their behavior it's okay for you to say that and if they care about you enough hopefully then they'll take it on board and go okay well i'll try not to do that yeah because i don't want you to be upset yeah but come back to the point nothing is personal so if you can sit back first of all before you take it personally and it triggers something in you and makes you feel uncomfortable or elicits an emotion in you that you don't like Think about what might, what they might be trying to gain from what they're doing. Yeah. Or are they being horrible or are they being nice to me because they because because of their needs? And what need are they trying to meet that it means they exhibit this type of behaviour? Yeah. And then you can decide, oh, okay, I know why they're doing that. And that's a good thing about looking at yourself as well, because if you can understand why you do certain things, yeah, then say, okay, I do this because of that. Why is this person might be doing something like that? Because of very similar reasons. Um, or to know that they've got their own reasons for behaving in a certain way. Yes, yeah. And once you can figure that out, it stops you feeling, a lot of time it stops you feeling kind of uncomfortable within yourself. It stops you taking on responsibility for everybody else. It stops you thinking it's about you. Um, you must be doing something right or wrong for them to behave in that way. Um, so if you can take a, just take a step back and go, okay, what might be going on for that person that's making them behave like this? Yeah. Then you don't have to take it personally, and yeah. you can sort of step out of what would be a, a normally an uncomfortable space for you. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. And where can we find you? What are your social media links or website? I'll put uh, it in the show notes. Yeah, so the relationshipguide.co.uk uh, is my website. Um, and you can find me all over social media if you just put John Kenny Coating on the Relationship Guy. You can find my podcast, um, the Relationship Guy podcast. And yeah, just do get in contact. Send me any messages if you want to get in contact with me. If you're interested in finding out a bit more about what I'm doing, I'm actually running some free workshops as well at the moment. Uh, one on attachment styles. And I'm also looking at the fundamental uh, approach to increasing creating healthy intimate relationships which i've got my first webinar running in december oh that'll be good nice oh thank you so much i've learned so much it's been good fun great thank you thanks for having me that's all right and we'll definitely yeah we'll have you back on again or yeah we'll definitely collaborate again awesome that sounds good thank you thank you oh 
so as always, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. So please leave a comment or tag me on social media using at Yogi Gemma. I'm always so grateful to hear your thoughts and thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. I will be back next week with another one, another fun episode for you guys to listen to. And also please leave a review on iTunes or like and subscribe to this podcast because it really means the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much and I will see you very soon.